From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sharita Brent here with Wilts Couture, information technology expert with Newcore Steel Jackson and Flowood, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. If you are a Google fan, we're talking about Google services today, and there are many of them. We'll talk about a few, Google Drive, Google Chrome, Google Maps, Google Mail, and a few others. You can give us a call this morning at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or comments about Google services. Which services do you use? How do they work for you? 877-672-7464 is the number, or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson. Uh... The nerd guys are doing yeah. like a thumbs up thing. Is yeah. that some kind of tech nerd signal? That's the universal nerd symbol for all right. If we just get us some of those little spinny hats, we'd really be good to go. Yeah, man. we need yeah. that. We no, do need those. don't do that. Yeah, right. give those to all the new people at Google. Yeah, we the are talking about Google services today. Uh, there are lots and lots of Google services, probably more than the average person would think. If you just Google Google services and look at the images, you'll see lots. Lots of different things. But we'll talk about a few today. We'll talk about Google Drive, uh, Google Mail, Google Maps, and some of the other services that are offered, the common ones and uncommon ones. And you can give us a call if you are a Google user. Tell us which service you use and how it's working out for you. Or if you have any questions about your Google service, maybe it hasn't been working as well as you would like for it to. Give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. You can also send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. As well, if you have any general tech questions about your tech devices, doesn't have to be Google-related, you can call us to 877-MPB-RING. All right, so uh, what's been going on in your tech world this week, Wilts? Well, actually, my week has been trying to promote my new book, basically. You know, just kind of flip this a little bit personal. I just released the uh, my new one last week, so it's been a lot of answering a lot of questions on that and trying to get that on out there and continuing some research. I actually updated my old one, so put some new info in there and put the new one out, so entering the world of publishing again, which can be kind of fun. So how much are you promoting on social media? Are you sponsoring a post? And we can talk about what that is, but are, how are you using social media to promote your book? Uh, mostly just sharing a lot right now. I've not really dug into the sponsored post all too much. I need to learn a little bit more on that before I put that on out there. But, uh, yeah, it's just been really uh, word of mouth. Um, the really nice thing is, I mean, it's, it's on Amazon. So once I released the second book, people who had actually bought the first book actually got a notification. So that's kind of helped a little bit, driven some questions. Um, yeah, it's it, it's slow going, but it's getting there. So are you going to have an audio book version? Well, the nice thing is Kindle actually automatically turns it into an audio. Oh. Um with the free Kindle app or with a Kindle, it will actually read it to you. I actually had a question of that uh, one of my um, 
friends, she's legally blind. So it's really hard for her to read a book. So that was one of the things she was curious about. But it, it automatically does that for you when you create an ebook. Um, Google does that for, I mean, Google, Amazon does that for us. I have Google on the mind, see? Um, which makes it kind of cool. Now, if I could get like, you know, like a good Sean Connery or James Earl Jones voice to be able to read it, that would make <laughs> for a pretty cool audio book. I think my sales would boost that. Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yes. You know, for the Mississippians yeah. and all. Yeah. All right. It sounds good, Will. Too. I hope everything goes well with the book. When is it? Is it has it already been it, released? It is out. It's out in ebook right now, and hopefully next week the print version will be on Amazon called I Turned It On. Now okay. what? Sounds good. Um, and, and why do you think there's a need for a book like that? Because it's kind of for beginners, or, or is it for intermediate people? I've really kind of geared geared uh, that and the first one really toward beginners. The thing that I've always really noticed is it seems uh, a lot of times, you know, all of us in different professions, we have almost our own language. And, you know, we even see it sometimes on this show, you know, we can we can speak in total nerd and we can have acronyms and different terms. And, you know, um, we notice that sometimes, you know, not everyone gets that. And so what I really wanted to do is is bring it down to a different level. I, my goal, and it was always kind of a funny tagline, I wanted to make it in a way that even my mother-in-law could understand. You know, she didn't grow up around technology, but, you know, in 2017, you've got to use it. So really trying to explain it and get to that common language, get to somewhere to where we all can actually talk the same. You know, kind of the same thing, uh, kind of uh, thinking about uh, looking over here at Jeremy Shirt, you know, computer doctor. At the end of the day, what makes a really good doctor? That doctor that can, you know, sit there and talk way above your head or that doctor that can actually present information to you to where you can make a decision about you know, what you right. need to decide on in a way that you understand. Um, and that's really what I try to do with the computer side of things. Yeah. And the I would agree. The question yeah. is, uh, are you going to live or die? Is the computer going to yeah. live or is it going to die? Right. <laughs> but also, uh, our a lot of what we do is is fixing people because you have to know how to use the device properly in order to give it its, you know, longest lifespan. Mm -hmm. So, Jeremy, what have you been working on this week? Printers. Printers. Lots of printers, oh. yeah. I do uh, on-site work for uh, certain companies, and they call me out when they have problems with their printers, so I go in there and replace rollers and stuff. It's it's not really exciting work. I do like field work, though, because I just like being out and on my own and kind of doing things at my own pace. So what happens to a printer other than paper jams? Uh, well, the you know, your your print can smear or, you know, it, it won't look quite right or it'll have lines going across it. And I go in there and assess, okay, it's got lines going across it. Looks like it would be the transfer unit. So send off for a transfer unit kit and call me when it comes in and I'll come back and install it. What's the typical lifespan on a printer? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, most of the printers that I work on are for, like, bigger businesses and stuff like that. I don't service personal printers. I know I heard yeah. that groan out of you over there. I don't service yeah. personal printers because they're not serviceable. Yeah, exactly. They're more mm. throwaway units yeah. nowadays, just about. But um, there are some printers that you can keep around for a good 10 years, probably, if you, if you service them properly. Mm -hmm. Then there's other printers, like one I worked on last week, that I just wanted to beat off the desk with a baseball bat, to be honest with you, because every time I would I would close something up, something else would pop loose. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, mm -hmm. it's time to take that one out and shoot it. 
You know, or give it to your office space treatment. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. Every time I think about <laughs> printers, my mind automatically goes to that scene in office space yes. where the three guys are in the field just beating the day. I think out about of it. that every day. I'm working on printers and they're not cooperating. <laughs> well, you know that is an advantage working at a recycling spot. We have actually been able to throw some printers into that giant shredder we have over nice. there, and there is a there's a lot of satisfaction, Jeremy, that comes out is. of that. You know, next time we do that, we we'll have to invite you up. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and just to follow up, Will, to your talking about promoting your book i do sponsor posts on facebook sometimes so mm-hmm. it's really neat because if you have a post like for instance say i have a video that i'm trying to promote and get more viewership you can use a tar- target audience so you can target folks in mississippi louisiana and texas or you can target as far as africa and england um really? yeah so you can customize your budget of course they have recommended budgets <laughs> oh yeah but you can customize it so let's say you do $35 and it says the pulse will reach up to 15,000 or 20,000 people and it really does make a difference the few times that I've sponsored a post or a flyer it does make a difference um you know you think about what you would pay to invest in radio right. it's kind of the same thing on Facebook but probably just a lot cheaper because it's just going to be out there it won't be on there necessarily at a particular time of the day it'll just be out there and it'll be sponsored and it can reach anybody so that's something to think about um when you you consider being on social media sponsoring a post jeremy is this something that you've done oh yeah absolutely i've done a bit of facebook marketing and also um you can target certain age groups you Mm -hmm. can target certain people with certain interests like say you want to look at those people that like the four dummies books you can target those people specifically to sell your book to or to target your ad towards right and i highly recommend you get in there Set you a little budget, play with it, because it's going to take some experimentation to find out what really catches people's eye. Mm-hmm. Facebook marketing is all about experimentation. It's not like throw your ad out there and, hey, it worked. You right. just got to tweak it. And that's the cool thing about Facebook is that you can tweak it easily and you can run split campaigns, which will allow you to uh, send out a, a different ad to a different demographic or a different target audience. And I guess it gives you the analytics back to see kind of like how how you oh, did yeah. basically. It yes, yeah. absolutely. But it, it goes pretty deep. So, yeah, just get in there and start learning. Cool. Now, sometimes I've had an ad to be rejected because my flyer was too busy. So uh-huh. it doesn't like to have lots of colors and words. Not a lot it of words. Reject it. Yeah. Facebook wants pictures. So I think it's like 20% of your picture. They they change it all the time, I think. But um, I think it's 20% of the image can have text on it, but the rest has to be a picture. Well, that makes sense because when I scroll through my, my Facebook feed, right. I mean, really. The, wants to read. Yeah, I mean, the memes <laughs> catch my eye the most. I mean, right. I'm, I'm looking, I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're generally visual people. Right. And, you know, the visual catches you, so. Oh, yeah. All right, well, we're going to be talking about Google services today, and we have an early caller on the line, Will Will is in Gulfport, uh, wants to talk about Google Maps. Good morning to you, Will. What do you have for us? Hello, Will. You're on the air. Nope. Not there. No, maybe. Okay. All right, Will, I'm going to put you on hold, and we'll get back to you in just a second. All right, guys, so uh, let's talk a little bit about Google. Um, Who knows a little bit about the history of Google, how long it has been around? Oh, Lord. Well, Google. <laughs> uh, Let's Google that. Trivia. <laughs> okay, so I don't know exactly how they've been, how long they've been around. I know they've been around since the 90s. We're rapidly Googling in Wikipedia. We're Googling Google n- on Google. 1996. Dude. Okay, so uh, they started out in a garage, like most of your, uh, your little tech startups, and they were founded in 1998. That was 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. You found the same 4th. wiki I found. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah. go ahead. Uh, they, uh, a lot of people want to know what it is that really makes Google special. It's the algorithm that they have for their searches. They what does figured that mean? out a what way. What does algorithm mean? So your algorithm is like a mathematical formula that runs behind Google that actually uh, figures out what the most efficient way to search for whatever it is that you're looking for. What's the most relevant results? And that's why Google's top dog because they tend to deliver the most relevant results, whereas everybody else can kind of just throw you whatever. So uh, Google has actually kind of found a way to more or less control. Uh, a lot of the way that the internet works because um, we were talking about in our tech bit about this. Um, they actually change the way the internet functions. So they say, okay, uh, we are going to optimize people that have mobile websites. So if you don't have a mobile website, then your page will fall lower in Google's rankings than those that do. Mm. Therefore, people evolve with Google's demands and they change them pretty regularly. Now, what about branding? Because you think about something like Starbucks. Uh, Starbucks is wonderful at branding. Do you think Google is popular also because of its branding and its visibility across the web? Yeah. Well, I think that's a big piece of it. What I think, I mean, you know, to me, what's always made Google just you know the most popular, at least to me and people that I've talked to, as much as branding is, it is its simplicity. Mm-hmm. When you go to Google.com, you, know, you kind of mentioned before, you know, an image, not a lot of words. It's a very simplistic page. There's not a lot going on there. You're, you're there specifically to do what you want to do without a whole bunch of other stuff getting in your way. And I think, you know, in this hustle bustle of today, it just seems people really want simplicity at the end of the day. And not only that, but when it was created, the Internet was much slower. We were, we were browsing at much slower speeds. So they created a page that said, we don't want to load all that junk at first. Right. We just want a, a simplified interface for people to just punch their search into. Yeah. Whereas if you go look at like Yahoo or AOL, it's just crawling with links and pictures and, and slideshows and, and ads. And yeah, it's just it's very busy. You know, yeah. and if you have a really, really, you know, quick Internet, that might not be a, a issue. But, you know, let's let's think back a little bit. Uh, you know, what dial-up, yeah, what dial-up was looking like. Or, oh, yeah, other big news, what my Internet looked like last week, but now I'm on AT&T Fiber, so I no longer have Congratulations at the house, by the way. Congratulations. But uh, it does make it move a lot quicker. But, yeah, I mean, that simplicity, and it, it's just what you wanted, nothing more, nothing less. Um, and their original page was a little uglier. Uh, we should post this on the blog and show people. Oh so, yeah, yeah, that's a little, little little busier. Ooh, uh, yeah. You gotta love that uh, that blue color that was like everybody's background in Windows ninety five. <laughs> yeah, oh, they've man. definitely evolved. Oh we yeah, we have Will back on the line from the Gulf Coast. Good morning there's to you, Will. Will. There's a wave. <laughs> hey, Will. Will. Where there's Will, you say something. <laughs> check All right. the mute button. Gonna put you back on hold, Will. Okay. Right. No, don't know what's going on. We're well, gonna take no a no Will, there's no way. <laughs> it's not. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break when we get back. We'll get into uh, specifically some Google services. We'll talk about Google Mail, Google Chrome, Google Maps, Google Drive. Uh, if you're listening this morning, let us know which Google services do you use. Are you having any issues with your Google services and need a little assistance? And if you have any general tech questions, not Google related. Call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Wilts Petrier and Jeremy Thompson. We're going to be talking about the various Google services today. There are tons of them, so we won't get to all of them, but we are going to get to some. And we're first going to go to the phone, and third time's a charm, they say. So we're going to go for a third time to Will, who's in Gulfport and uh, on the Gulf Coast and wants to talk a little bit about Google Maps. Good morning to you, Will. Good morning. I'm hey. here with you. Hey, oh, hi. Right. Welcome. I'll use a fake name next time. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Will? Yeah, I enjoy using Google Maps as a GPS, especially on long trips. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I have the, the um, phone hooked up for Bluetooth to receive calls, I don't get the voice over the uh, Google Maps on the phone. I have to shut the Bluetooth off so I can hear the directions. What kind of phone do you have, Will? I have a um, Moto X G4. XG4. That's definitely strange because mine doesn't do that. Um, I, was, I was on the way up here using Google Maps because uh, Lakeland had construction. So um, while I'm listening to my audiobook, it's telling me you know a different way to go and all. Uh, I would go into my Bluetooth settings, just like pull down your notification menu and do a uh, like a long press, like hold down for one second on your uh, Bluetooth icon. Ah, okay. And check and make sure that it's using uh, your Bluetooth for both media and um, what's the other one? Uh, what's the other one? Media and playback? No, it's media and phone calls. Okay, good. So that would be on the Bluetooth app itself. It would be in the settings for the Bluetooth. And you may have to actually go to your individual Bluetooth device to make sure that it's outputting uh, to that. Otherwise, I would check maybe possibly in the Google Maps app itself and see if maybe something is not uh, turned on correctly in there. That sounds good. That's what I'll try. All right. Yeah, I'm looking through the uh, Google app on my phone here. I'm not seeing... I don't think there's any options in the app itself. I'm pretty sure it's all reliant on the the Bluetooth device that it connects to. So that's why I say you should check his settings. Yeah, and I'm on uh, iPhone 7, and I'm not seeing anything. They don't give you much options with the Bluetooth. It's kind of like you're connected or you're not. Right. And mine plays, I mean, we're... I I love the thing. I mean, I'm just like Will. I love this thing as a GPS. I yeah. mean, because it's just it stays up to date. It You're not having to worry so about it. It, it. it does. It saved me 25 minutes this morning. Cause you around all that mess on yes. my phone, huh? Yes. Awesome. Thank you for your call, Will. We appreciate it. Um, uh, we have Alan and Brandon with a comment on Google. Good morning to you, Alan. Hey, Sharita and Will and Jeremy. How y'all doing? Hey, yeah, all wonderful. Right. Good, good. I, just a couple of comments uh, about Google. Google is great. Uh, I've, I've been using it since uh, the early 2000s. Uh, I used to use Alta Vista, which probably nobody even has heard of anymore. Oh, but, we know uh, it. Oh, I remember it. <laughs> I, I, I love the simplicity of Google. It's uh, and that that was like y'all mentioned. That, that that's what attracted to me uh, to it in the beginning because it was fast, it was quick. Back in the days when the internet wasn't so quick. I, I just want to caution people, and, and I'm not negative, but just Everybody needs to go into stuff with their eyes open and, and realize that Google is, is – they make all their money on information. And, and, and no other company out there gathers as much of it as they do. Hmm. So uh, just, just be aware that 
I like this new Google Assistant they've come out with. It's, it's available on iOS. I, I, I know. I don't think it works unless you've got location services turned on all the time. So it wants to track you. It wants to uh, to gather information. And I realize that that's the cost of a lot of this stuff because it's free. But uh, just just remember that sometimes free has hidden costs involved. And just just be aware that, that they're gathering information. And you may not care about it, but you just need to go into that knowing it. Absolutely. And, uh, well, you're absolutely right, Alan. And that's um, it, it's kind of like it's drawing my mind back to when we had the the net neutrality conversation. And we got to remember, I mean, Google wasn't really affected by that because, quite honestly, whenever you use their services, you are agreeing to allow them to use your information. So you're already giving your information out. And and Google is yeah. the number one website worldwide. I mean, they are number one. Right. Um, right. And they and, they and keep one, that one info. Other comment I wanted to make uh, for for those that. I mean, cause, uh, yeah, I, I'm legally blind too, so I'm, I'm doing audio books all the time. Just, just be aware that if you get Wilts's book, that if you, you know, the Kindle voices that are reading, those aren't live actors, you know, narrating the book. But those, those are robots, uh, uh, text-to-speech synthesizers reading it. Now, granted, they sound great, and it's great that they're that that you can get all that stuff read to you, uh, even with a synthesized voice. But don't go thinking you're going to get, you know, a live actor narrating the book. Uh, through a Kindle book, so it, it doesn't quite work that way. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I I never heard the name of Wilts's book. Are y'all not allowed to do that? Or is that uh, too much of a plug? Yeah, he said. It. Oh yeah, I've, uh, actually, I, I've got uh, two of them, Alan. The first one was "Don't Throw It, Get to Know It," and then my second is "I Turned It On." Now what? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got you. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah uh, beginner stuff. That, that's fantastic. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me comment, and I I love the program. So y'all take care. All, All right, right thank Alan. You, Alan. Good to hear from you. Thank you so much. All right, guys. So before we get back to the calls, we have an email to get to as well. Um, I think I use one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight different Google services. I wrote them down while we were talking. What about you guys? How many Google services do you use? Oh, gosh. oh my lord. Let's see. <laughs> um, Looking through this list here, of course, we use Google search as one. Well, let me say while you're counting, the one that I was kind of surprised to know that was a Google product I really didn't know was Mm -hmm. Android. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, It was, uh, you know, a startup just like anything else, and then Google bought the whole thing. Wow. So they, yeah. Android, Android's come a long way. Um, It was actually created because uh, Google saw how, or well, the, the company that created it saw how competitive mobile phones were getting, but the iPhone had the market share. And so they were like, we want something that allows people to have a little more control over their device. And so Android came out. And when the phones first came out, I'll be the first to tell you, they they were laughable, but they were a step in the right direction. And what Google had to uh, get in touch with was the fact that nobody wanted like 8 million updates to their operating system on their phone every year. They had it to where they were rolling out two versions of Android every year. And so they were having problems getting people on the same version. So when you were writing software for it, it was really messy. And now they've cleaned a lot of that up, and there's only one version every year. So mm-hmm. they it took them a little while to get the training wheels off, but I, I believe Android is a solid product. So, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about these services, not because we're trying to endorse Google, but if we have them, it makes sense that we should talk about them. One that I use is uh, Google Mail, which is, you know, it's pretty good. Now, as far as the simplicity, I actually think uh, I still have an AOL account. When I tell people Ooh. this, they think it's crazy. 
as far as simplicity, I actually prefer my Yahoo and my AOL mail to Google Google uh, Google Mail. I'll I stay do. mostly silent on the AOL issue. I have a lot of clients that still use AOL. Yeah, it, um, I mean it's um, dependable. It's dependable. Well, you know, and as much as we pick on AOL, let's go ahead and give you know credit where credit is due. A majority of people today are connected to the internet because of the the onslaught of all the AOL discs of the past. I mean, they really, they opened that door up for a lot of people. I mean, that is really a big foundation for a lot of people. And speaking of those discs, they still use them as coasters to this day. (laughs) Everybody that's got made out of them. (laughs) I didn't buy floppy discs for years because AOL was sending me some. Yeah, just format them and use them right up. Awesome. Uh, But uh, Google Mail is a free service, right? Free email service. Absolutely. Does it come with any storage? Uh, yeah, uh, it comes a with a ton. Oh, okay. But you can't store your files there. It's only for your emails. But it is linked in now with Google Drive, which is their file storage. So they actually do kind of use one and the same. Uh, I think that you get, like, for your email, you can basically have it to, like, 15 gig. Yeah, if you have 15 gig of email, you got an email problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, All right, and we'll talk more about Google Drive in a moment. Uh, email from Mike. Do you know if Google has any plans to allow easy use of Android phone and tablet apps on their Chromebook laptops? Yes. Uh, in fact, there's already a couple of Chromebooks that can do that. Uh, I'll have to look that up and get back to him on that one. But, yeah, there are a couple of Android uh, app-running uh, tablets and they're integrating that more and more. There are also a couple of startups out there that are working on these little shells that are like laptops that you actually plug into your Android phone. And your phone does all the computing, but you get to use it like a laptop. There's one called the, uh, what is it, the Saluto? Is it Saluto? I can't remember. Uh, it's, it's called the Superbook. And uh, it was one of those crowdfunded things. So, And that's what's kind of cool with some of the Google stuff is they put a lot of their info out there to encourage developers. I mean, Google Labs, and that's you know not necessarily an app, it's just kind of a location, but Google Labs does a lot to, to develop and to encourage folks, hey, find a new way to use our service. And there are some services, you know, we talk about what all they have active today. There's dozens of them that have fallen off over the years because they just didn't quite make it. They might not have been, you know, the right thing. You know, Google Glass is a, a prime example of that. Uh, probably a technology ahead of the need. It, it wasn't really out there yet. So they're always developing something. All right. Uh, we're going to squeeze in a call before the break. Larry is in Georgia and wants to talk about updating Windows 10. Good morning to you, Larry. Good morning, guys. I called you last week uh, because I was having trouble updating my Windows 10. And I tried to do it yesterday, and I finally got I got the error message. And here it is. The error message is 0 x 8 E five E zero three F A. And this happens when you're updating or yeah. up, upgrading Windows ten and what what operating system are you coming from? No, no, I, I'm, a, I'm actually using Windows ten. Mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to update you know, update it. You know, get the you know, get the update. Uh-huh. So, I, so I did that and it came back with a Sarah message. Okay. Yeah, all right. Wills, anything? Uh, da, 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 you want a second da. to look over it? We'll, we'll, uh, we can uh, put them on hold and get back. To yeah, let me do that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, give us a minute on that okay. one. Okay. All right, Larry, we're going to uh, put you put you on hold, and uh, we'll uh, try to get to that answer right after the break. We're going to take a quick break. This morning, we we're talking about Google services. Joined this morning by Jeremy Thompson and Wilkes Couture. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent with Will Scutrier and Jeremy Thompson. This morning we're talking about Google services and products. And before we went to the break, we were talking with Larry about a Windows 10 issues he, he's having. Okay, Larry, so the guys have a set of instructions for you, but it's oh. it's too um, it's too much to get into on the air because you would have okay, to write it down. Okay. So you have email access? I do. Okay, please send us an email to Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org. Okay. And uh, the guys will, will be able to send you that set of instructions to help you, okay? Super. Thank you so much, Rita. All right. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Larry. Okay. More calls to get to. This one goes to Jim, who's on the road, and he is a Bing user, and we'd love to hear from you guys. You know, we're talking about Google this morning, but if you have some alternatives to search engines and web browsers, uh, different email uh, servers and things that, that you like to use uh, in addition or uh, outside of Google, give us a call. 877-MPB-RING is the number. Good morning to you, Jim. Hey, Jim, you're on the air. Oh. Hey, your turn. I'm sorry, I was driving. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I got a question. I and this is a dumb question. I uh, I'm I'm. Oh no, you must be in a bad area, Jim. We can hardly hear you. Guess his phone thought it was a dumb question too. Cut him <laughs> off. Cut him off. <laughs> uh, okay, Jim, we're gonna put you on hold and see if we can't uh, get you back on in a moment. He basically uh, um, said that he was a Bing user, and he just wanted to know the difference between Bing and Google, if there was a difference. The almighty algorithm. Okay. Yeah, it really is. It goes back to that algorithm, how they search. Really, if you were to put them up side by side, uh, a lot of times you would end up coming across very similar results. Um, they both are search engines. They're both searching out there. I think that that Bing is is I use Bing personally as well. I mean, I'll I'll use multiple search engines because depending on what I'm looking for, I've noticed that Google does a much better job when I'm trying to find some specific details, uh, whereas Bing is a little bit more um, social on the surface. If I'm looking for specific errors, like you know such as Larry's issue earlier, my go-to search engine for that is going to be a Google. They're a little bit more technical. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about knowing. And, and here's the thing, too, though. Any search engine, no matter which one it is, it's all about knowing how to search. And some people kind of glaze past that, and we think we've gotten so used to this. It's just natural language. But how you ask the question can dictate how positive your results are going to be. Or if you use Very quotes true. around it, like, you know, looking for something specific and so forth. There's definitely some tricks yeah, there Maybe are some. That ought yeah, to be a blog post. That'd be a really good blog post because there really are some specific words you can use in there. Like, let's just say if you're only wanting to find, maybe if you're searching for particular news articles, but you only want them from the last three months, you can actually get kind of detailed in what you ask Google or the other search engines to give you that information back. And instead of having to wade through so much garbage, get to what you really need. And also tell it what site specifically you want to search if there's only one website you're looking for. Yeah. There's um, lots of little tricks. Yeah. That would be like a good blog post. We'll have oh, to yeah. work on that. Okay. We're staying on the phones. Janice is in uh, Glutstadt. I don't know. I've never known how to pronounce that. Good morning to you, Janice. She wants to talk about <laughs> Yahoo email. Hey. Okay. Well, I'm one of those, uh, you probably think me in the elderly category, but my 92-year-old mother uses Yahoo. Okay. And 
she is concerned that she's gotten an email saying that Yahoo is going to be bought, and she thinks that possibly her email will be no longer available. Is no. You know anything about that? Yeah, it, nothing's going to happen to her email, even if it's passed between multiple companies. It'll just it, it'll still work mostly the same. Uh, who buys it, who owns it, really isn't that important to the end user. It's going to work exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, okay, and, that, yeah, and, I <laughs> yeah. And part of them buying it and owning it is going to be they're going to actually want to try to keep it the same. Uh, the reason any company would try to buy another company is because they have something good going on. I mean, Yahoo's pretty much. I mean, it was here bought out by AT and T several years ago, and I mean, nobody even probably in, realized. In that. my opinion, they made it a little more terrible with you know the interface, but yeah. overall, it's most of the same. All right. Yeah. Janice, thank you so much. We appreciate your call. Uh, let's squeeze in another service here before we go to the phones. Um, so let's talk about Google Chrome, which is my favorite web browser. Oh, yeah. That makes 14. I totally forgot about Chrome. Wow, 14. 14 services. Okay, so talk a little bit about Google Chrome uh, as a web browser. What are some of the pros? If Are, are there any cons? Uh, Chrome is an awesome browser. Uh, I really like it because it's fast. I used to use Firefox religiously, and then I used Chrome, and I was like, never going back to that. Um, it, there's a lot of uh, extensions and things that you can add on to it to make it work the way you want to. And there are some really great extensions out there as far as like um, pop-up blocking. And then I'm also uh, big on time management. There's uh, there's a uh, an extension out there that I can get that will let me use, say, like Facebook.com for like 15 minutes. And then after that, it just cuts me off. So it's cool to have something like that to monitor what I'm doing to keep me a little more disciplined on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So in addition to Google Chrome, other alternative web browsers would, would be Firefox, Internet Explorer, Safari, which Edge, if you're an iPhone all those. person. Yeah. Edge is fast. Um, Edge is fast. Yeah, I, I like Edge. I, I have it. It came with my Dell, and I, I actually like it. I, I still don't think it's faster than it. Chrome. I don't yeah. think so either, but it is cool. They lie. When, yeah. I'll tell you what happened. When I was trying to log in uh, at a, uh, to do Wi-Fi here mm-hmm. at work, I tried to log in through Chrome uh, as a guest Wi-Fi user, and it didn't work. But when I logged in through Edge, it worked just fine. So sometimes browsers have different purposes. Well, I, when I when I came in here, I was setting my Mac up to do it, and it wouldn't connect to that little initial page to accept <laughs> the agreement and all that. So I had to I, I tried it with Chrome and Safari, and it wouldn't do it. And then I pull out my Windows laptop and go in with Chrome, and it pops right up. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. The browsers can get a little bit picky every now they and can. then. Yeah. All right, Linda's in Port Gibson, uh, has a virus. Sorry to hear about that, oh, Linda. Uh, what's going on today? Yes, I, I, I started using Chromium, and uh, I use it, you know, every day. And somehow I ended up with a weird uh, Windows uh, thing to purchase uh, some, kind of th- some kind of little short note to purchase Windows. Tech support. It's 1-800 number. Uh-huh. The thing is frozen on my screen. Okay, so Linda, how did you get Chromium? Did you go to Chromium and download it, or did it just pop up on your computer? Uh, 
It popped up on my computer. Okay, so uh, definitely for any listeners out there, if you have Chromium on your computer and you didn't put it on there, it's probably not a legitimate version of Chrome. And that's how a lot of people are uh, able to move their viruses and stuff over on your machine. Uh, we remove that from people's machines a lot when they come in with viruses. Somehow they can use Chromium to propagate those viruses more effectively. Now, um, regarding your issue, um, I, I, it's highly doubtful that you actually have a virus on your computer uh, as far as the pop-up goes, but you do need to scan it with something because Chromium, if you didn't put it there, something did, and it shouldn't be there. But uh, I scanned it with, uh, when, what is it? I scanned it with Windows Defender. Uh-huh. And uh, Malware, what is it? Malware, malware Bytes? Malware Bite. Okay. And Malware Bytes and, and Windows Defender it. both said it was fine? It, the, uh, I mean, the results came out fine, mm -hmm. but uh, the uh, that when I try to the, when I try to go into Windows, it's still there. Right. So what you're seeing is a, a an aggressive pop up, and uh, that's that's not going to go away until you've like completely closed out of your browser. Now you you're saying you've restarted your computer and it still pops up. Got to be a home page or something. Yeah, something's taking. Uh, over. I'm thinking something's hijacked your homepage. You may want to try another browser and possibly go into your ad remove programs and just get rid of Chromium. Go go with Chrome. It's much cleaner. All right, Linda, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Good luck to you. We'll stay on the phones. We go next to Jerry. Uh, Jerry is in Rankin County. Good morning to you, Jerry. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. This is kind of it's off base of what you guys are talking about now, but you've talked about this before. I have a landline for my internet service. And I live about a quarter of a mile off the main road, and we have, you know, direct TV for, you know, regular TV. But when I want to watch Netflix or Amazon, it, you know, is erratic at best. And I also have a, you know, perennial uh, gamer in the house, and he's always playing his games on it. But he says that's not causing any issues. But I was just wanting to know if AT&T can upgrade my line or what they could do or should i go try to just get another you know another provider i guess to turn. well a lot depends on what available services they have in the area um uh -huh. you know uh, i'll use myself for an example uh up until last week the only services in my neighborhood were at&t's dsl the, their older technology uh, not even, you know, Comcast wasn't even in the neighborhood. So I could either basically do that or HughesNet. So HughesNet wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm, my son and myself are also both gamers. So that was kind of out of the, out of the question. They just recently added, um, their actual fiber service, which has definitely improved our performance. Um, but really it, it, it depends on what services are available in your area. And that's a matter of just asking them. I will tell you, I did find out through this whole process last week at my house that AT&T's goal right now is to get rid of DSL. They want to have all DSL gone Hallelujah. by 2020. Hallelujah. Um, so it'll all okay. go U-verse. So you could be seeing, if that's one of the options in your area, you could be seeing some upgrades coming pretty soon. Uh, according so to I a few people I talked to, they're find, getting aggressive find, on find it. Find out what AT&T offers is what you know their plans are yeah and you should be able to go now one thing i will tell you is you know you're going to their website and you'll plug in your address um 
If you don't quite get good results out of that, don't be afraid to kind of just call on up because sometimes uh, it's just such a large company that there's a uh, it's a miss. Sometimes they don't quite know. Um, so, but yeah, plug in your address on ATT.com, see what their services are out there. Uh, also, if if that is not satisfactory, you can look into satellite internet um, through HughesNet, and I, don't they partner with AT and T? Well, they do, but the, he he mentioned having a gamer, and oh, the lag. He his son would come through the radio and beat us up for bringing him over there. Well, I mean, if he's not lagging on DSL, surely satellite would work just a smidge better. I mean, I, I've got some clients that have HughesNet, and theirs runs pretty good. Hmm. It's definitely an yeah. option for him to consider, yeah. um, but I will caution you: the data plans on those satellite internet uh, plans can be pretty bad. So definitely make sure you're keeping your eye on consumption. All right, Jerry, thank you so much for your call. Eight seven seven MPB ring is the number. This morning we're talking about uh, Google services and products. We've talked a little bit about Google Mail, Google Maps, Google Chrome. We'll talk about Google Drive in just a moment. Let us know which Google services and products you use, or if you have an alternative. Maybe you're not a fan of Google. And you want to give us an alternative? Call us at eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, and if you have any general tech questions, eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four is the number, or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Josh is in Florence and wants to talk a little bit about something Google-related. Good morning to you, Josh. Hey, uh, I wanted to uh, let you guys know of a Google service that I discovered last week. Um, I do some web development uh, for a company, and um, we recently discovered that um, Google now offers a, a domain service so that you can register domains you know, through them, um, and it's really inexpensive compared to like GoDaddy and and things like that. It, it's twelve dollars um, a year, uh, twenty four dollars for two years, and then a hundred and twenty dollars for I think five or ten years. So it's um, it, it's re- it's really competitive, and you can also um, have your a private listing um, for free versus um, with GoDaddy you have to pay you know. Seven dollars a year or something like that to have it listed private. That's nice. That's very nice. I didn't. I'm actually. Uh, you you just sprung one on me yep. there. Going to be looking into that. Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, so well, another Google service that's program, and, and now they've opened it up to I guess the public. So gotcha. It works out. Cool. Thank very you, Josh. Cool. We appreciate it. Good information. Uh, with this Google domain, who who would need to use something like it? A business owner that wants a website or anybody that wants a personal website. Um, What he was saying was uh, that the domain registrations, uh, the yearly price to to get that name, like Mm -hmm. com, for you to own that domain, it would be $12 a year. Now, that's not to host your website, but that's to actually own the name. So then you can put it wherever you want it. Uh, And what he was saying about the private listing is that the way that regulations with uh, web domains work is you have to provide uh, certain information for them to be able to get in contact with you. And if there's a private listing, that means they'll go through the company that you're getting the site from and your personal information isn't out there on the Internet for anybody to scrub and start putting into spam auto dollars and who knows what else. Gotcha. 
Time for a break. When we get back, we have Robert in Gulfport to get to, and we'll talk a little bit more about Google services and products. If you use any kind of Google services, let us know which ones uh, you use. Also, if you have some alternatives, maybe you don't use Google Chrome or Google Mail. What other products do you use? 877-672-7464 is the number. We'll take your general tech questions as well. We do have a few lines open and some time left. 877-MPB-RING is the number, or email everydaytech at MPB. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wils Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel Jackson Flowood. Today we've been talking about Google services and products. Still some time for you to join the conversation. If you want to let us know which products you use, maybe you're having issues with some Google, Google services and you need a little assistance, give us a call. Or if you want to offer an alternative to some kind of Google service, like an alternative to Google Chrome or or the Google search engine, we'd love to hear from you. 877-MPB-RING is the number. 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right, so Google Drive is one that I use, um, and I have pictures in it. I have videos in it. Uh, I also use Google Docs. Uh, which is kind of like an office suite where you can edit and, and save documents. Um, anything that you guys want to add about Google Drive? And it has a, a sufficient amount of storage in it as well. Uh, with the Google Docs, you do get the ability to edit it right there from your web page, which is cool. You don't have to like download it to your computer and then edit it and then load it back to your drive. You can edit it all from right there in your browser, which is nice. Yeah, it makes it really sweet. I know oh, yeah. the um, you know both of my kids are over at Northwest Rankin, and they use the, the school has a lot of them using the Google Docs, so they're actually utilizing Google Drive and Google Docs, transferring that information back and forth. It makes it really easy to share. Uh, that's one thing that people kind of forget about things like Google Drive is not only is it good for sh- storing your information, like you mentioned, you know, pictures and such, but it makes it very easy to share. So if you have a folder on there that let's just say, you know, you wanted to share with your grandmother, who's probably not online, but <laughs> uh, but if you wanted to share, you know, those kind of things, you could actually share that on out and you, you maintain the control over it, but you can allow someone to see that public location without having to send them large files and everything else. So right. kind of like working collaboration kind of area. Now, Jeremy, you use Google Voice. What is that? Google Voice is a free phone service that you can use to register a number out there on the Internet. And it can be a a local number um, that you can use to basically bounce your phone, your actual phone number off of without having to give anybody your personal number. Um, When I was uh, up and coming, I would use Google Voice for my business phone number. That way I didn't have to give anybody my personal phone number Mm -hmm. because when somebody has your personal phone number and they know that you fix things, they will call you all hours of the night. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the same thing, um, you know, kind of going back, like with my book, whenever I published it, I put a contact information in there if anybody wants, you know, more information. Well, I use a Google Voice number on there, and you can actually set that Google Voice number to go to multiple phones. So it could, like, you know, uh, between 8 to 5, ring me at this number. After 6 o'clock, ring me at this number. And it just allows that to go on through, but, again, not revealing 
right. you know, your personal one, but you can just kind of customize how it uh, how it goes along at your very own phone service. And if you have an Android phone and you use the Google Voice app, you can call directly from that, and it'll make it look like it's that same number that you're using rather than having to call somebody back from your phone number. It'll say, do you want to use your Google Voice number? Yes, I do. So, it does that boom. on the iPhone, too. Oh, does it? Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. They did not add that at first, but now yeah, it does. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I don't yeah. even know how long it's been. All right. Uh, final call goes to Robert in Gulfport. Uh, good morning to you, Robert. He wants to talk about a Google password retrieval. Hi, Robert. Hey, how are you? Doing great. All right. Um, I have two questions. My first one is um, we had uh, my wife's brother passed away, and when that happened, um, even though he's been dead for a few months now, we're still getting you know notifications that we believe it's like a, an ex-girlfriend of his or something that he logged into his google um on her phone or something so like other people still have access to his account and um we're trying to see is there any way that you know we can get in touch with google or something like that would we need to you know fax a death certificate or anything of that nature um to to be able to get new passwords set up just for his mother to where she would have access to all of his google accounts and and everything like that because his facebook instagram snapchat that's all through the same google account okay so if you um if you will google your issue uh you should come across a page that says submit a request regarding a deceased user's account and you can fill out a form there and tell them the name of the person what their email address was what your relation is to them and so forth uh they will require a scan of your driver's license or some government issued id uh, they will also want a scan of that person's death certificates and any other documentation that you feel is relevant. So um, you can you can submit that through Google, and they should be able to take care of that. No, oh, okay, awesome. And um, my my next question is um, on my personal uh, Gmail account. It's ancient. I made it whenever I was like eighteen. Um, I set my PlayStation Three, my PlayStation Network account up mm-hmm. through that service. And um, I've lost all ability to control it. Um, I, I don't have the phone that it was used on, the tablet that it was used on. I don't remember the password for it. Um, so, like, all of the security measures, like, okay, well, we'll text your phone, you know, uh, right. to, to send you a replacement password. I can't do any of that. Unfortunately, sir, you are between a rock and a hard place. You could attempt to go through Google account recovery, which I've had to help clients with before, it is a very rigorous and uh, ridiculous process. You will have to actually know uh, what month you originally set up your account uh, in order oh, to get man. any help from Google on that one. Uh, best of luck to you, sir. I, I can't offer you any advice on that one. You can try to take it up with Google, though. Okay. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Best of luck, man. Well, and you know, one really, really quick thing to throw on out there with a lot of these uh a lot of these services now is you can actually set up, and Google is one of them, Facebook is another, but you can set up basically inactive account managers. And, and that is kind of, I guess you could say, secession planning. Um, you know, if, if the unfortunate does happen and you're no longer with us, that someone, you know, like for example, my wife's account can actually take over my Facebook account. She's set in there, as can my daughter's Facebook account. Um, Google, the same thing. You can set up an inactive account manager. So Okay, good advice. Thank you. 
thanks uh, to both of you for your expertise this morning. I think this is a good show. If you were listening and you did not get to call, you can always send us an email at any time to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Please subscribe to the Everyday Tech Podcast. You can use any podcast app you have and look us up or go to mpbonline.org slash everydaytech. And there's a place on the right column there where you can subscribe to us as well. Java Chapman was our board operator, and I believe Jay White was our phone screener. Stay tuned, folks. The original Southern Remedy is coming up next with Dr. Rick DeShazo. This is Think Radio on MPB.